How did you get past my security? Oh, you mean that guy? Was that really necessary? Necessary? No. It was fun. My spider senses are starting to tingle. Just hang on to your lariat. Wonder what kind of a scene I'm getting into. And welcome to Behind the Panels, issue 116, the comic book show that's known for its twist endings. I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. I'm Dave Longo. In this issue, Hans Zimmer is confirmed as the composer on Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. We look forward to hearing those two notes again. Then, both Marvel and DC Comics reveal their big events for 2015. We've already ordered the follow-up series. Also, it's Penny Dora and the Wishing Tree, American Legends, Humans, Arrow, The Walking Dead and more, and what we've been reading and watching. Plus, our last-minute kick-ass pick of the week, Daredevil, Guardian Devil, by That Kevin Smith, Joe Casada, and Jimmy Palmiotti. This is Behind the Panels. Freaking funk it, maxi jump it. <laughs> Do you know, I can't believe that they dropped that uh, from the soundtrack, the Daredevil soundtrack, for fucking Evanescence. <laughs> <laughs> Although I liked Bring Me to Life. So. <laughs> and I can't believe, a little bit behind baseball, I can't believe that we just had to re-record that whole section and you still swore. <laughs> <laughs> because I realised it was a good bit. We just started stuffed it up afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Beeps courtesy of my soundboard. <laughs> and you know, you know, you might we might not even get a beep on this because I might decide at the end of this, you know, the hell with it. Let's have a <laughs> let's, let's have a uh, uh, an explicit episode. Hey, I've actually haven't cared less about swearing for a long time. Oh no, and it- <laughs> we had so much fun on last week's. Episode. I can only say we got so much feedback from all over the place from last week about last week's episode about how much fun it was. We got to bring the chaos back. We got to bring the chaos back. I man. thought we were going to talk about the Australian government this episode. <laughs> Bring we'd it like, way we'd down. Like, we'd like to take a very serious moment <laughs> yeah. of your time. We'd like to talk about the good news. All in, the, in this very special episode of there have been, there have David, been many have you heard the good before? news? <laughs> yeah, someone tried to show me the good news the other day and I punched him in the face. So. <laughs> before, we, before we do get too sidetracked, I think we've got a little sidetracked already. Uh, we were meant to have a guest in this week. We were meant to have Louis Joyce in here. Oh, that's right. I read the wrong book. <laughs> oh, you didn't read? Uh, yes, I did. Oh, okay. Because I think I've read three wrong books. Uh, but, no, I read a whole lot of Aquaman this week for nothing. <laughs> nothing. Time was waste. It's all a bit fishy if you ask me. So, you know. Oh, hey. Hey, over here. We got. Uh, we were meant to have Louis Joyce, and unfortunately he had uh, other commitments. He double booked her. So he is going to come back in. So we're going to save Aquaman, the trench, the Jeff Johns run, which is really good. It's really fun. So at the last um, minute, we did a quick reversal. A book that we'd all read before. Uh, uh, um, no. Oh, no, you hadn't read it before. I, read it. I, can't, I, I find it really hard to believe that David McVeigh, you being a Kevin Smith fan had not read Daredevil Guardian Devil. I have actually owned a copy of it sitting on my shelf. Two copies. Two of copies it. of it, but the one, the first one I bought over a year ago, and mm. it's been sitting on my shelf, and I've been waiting not your to iPad. and then on my iPad <laughs> in print. I have it here in print, right here, and I've been waiting to read it. I've been wanting to read this book for a long.
long time, but I've been waiting to read it because I keep saying we should do it for the show. But every time we think we're going to do it, we go, oh, we've just done a Kevin Smith, or we've just done a Daredevil, or we've just done it. So it's like I was holding off on it thinking this will be my pick this year. You know, on our special pick. And then when this happens, that space screw is it, let's empty. just do Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David, before we go on, I'd like to just uh, take a, a brief break from our uh, sponsor from the late 1980s. For show and tell, here's Alarmo, protecting my home with the Sloman Shield. Sloman state of the art home security system, Debbie. Installed free Alarmo? Free. Alarmo can protect your home too. Just call 1 800 Alarm Me. 1 800 Alarm Me. Is there a Mrs. Alarmo? Sing the song, class. Alarmo lives to protect your home and family. Call 1 800 Alarm Me now. Is there a Mrs. Alarmo? <laughs> I'm sorry, but in my in my continued tradition of mishearing stuff. <laughs> I thought he said. Who was Marsha watching I, I, now? I thought he Richard, said you slumming. Have. I thought he said slumming alarm system. <laughs> Richard, you, you shouldn't have illegally pirated the ending of Interstellar. Right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I'm just there laughing at something that's not even in it. You know? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm going to go and wash Marsha. <laughs> We're going to wash Marsha. Oh, yeah. Should we talk about some stuff we've been reading? Why not? Okay. Where? Looks like we got ourselves a reader. Read between the lines, bitch. Because we uh, because we changed the book at the last minute, I can honestly say we haven't read anything. Moving cool, on. moving on. Uh, <laughs> I will very, very quickly mention a couple that I read, one of which was uh, terrible, a couple of which were brilliant. Uh, Penny Dora and the Wishing Box is an all-ages book that's just come out. Um, and I found this so sweet. It was really, a really, really sweet book. Uh, it's sort of based loosely on the Pandora's box mythology. Oh, okay. And uh, it, it's, it's this girl who gets this box for Christmas. Uh, she doesn't know. Nobody knows how it got under the tree, uh, but she finds out purely by accident that anything she puts inside, any wishes she makes, she puts inside it, they come true. And uh, it, it sort of chaos sort of reigns from there. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, really sweet. It's mostly all ages, except it's kind of scary in that sort of Doctor Who scary kind of way. So it's not legitimately scary sometimes, but it's it's just creepy enough that the kids will like it. So it's 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 I it's very rare that I read an all ages book these days. Uh, full stop. Let alone one I like this mm-hmm. much. So definitely go and check that out because it's, okay, cool. it's an ongoing. Uh, the other book that I read um, earlier this week because I did a review for Newsarama, which I want to advise people to stay away from. Uh, is American Legends, uh, which is just kind of weird mashup, you know, Seth, quicker than you can say Seth Graham Smith uh, of like Davy Crockett and and Marie Laveau. Uh, she'll put a spell on you. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, Lois, Lewis and Clark, the kind of like there's a conspiracy to stop them. Napoleon's in this. It's weird, man. And the art is done by Studio Hive. So I can't even identify a single artist on it because it's this homogenous collective of people who do all that the art on it. Good. So I just wanted to mention that came out just as, as a warning. It's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> However, which did take me by surprise, is something we both read this week. Uh, I don't know if you probably didn't get a chance to read this, which was uh, Humans, number one. Which, ironically, isn't about humans. <clears throat> it's about monkeys yeah. <laughs> uh, who are a part of a motorcycle gang called the Humans. Correct. Uh, and they're having a, a rivalry with the Skags, possibly? Yeah, the Skags. And it's, yeah. the book centers around the funeral of one of their past members who they're burying. Yeah. And they have a big party and the Mojo. Skags turn up. Mojo, that's right. Yeah. And uh, during... Now, we should point out, this book has explicit sex in it's it. It's so explicit. But I think they get away with it because they're monkeys. Yeah. It's very strange. Uh, it's a very strange little book, but I kind of liked it. 
I quite liked it too. Yeah, it is really explicit. There is a, is a um, explicit act of oral sex. In there, and a monkey running is, around with his penis And a out. monkey running around with his penis hanging yeah. out, which is, you know, I mean, if that's what you're into. Yeah. But it was kind of a week for animal books with uh, Image Comics because there was another one that they had out... Uh, and I have forgotten the name of it for the moment. Uh, well, why are you thinking was, uh, of what that is? Oh, well, sorry, Tooth and Claw. Tooth, Tooth and Claw was the name of the book, and it's this uh, world where uh, that is basically being held together by magic, and the magic's dying, so they have to summon this ancient uh, champion, uh, at, and, and almost at the expense of their entire way of life, they do this. But uh, the lead character looks like the, one of the lead characters is, is a pit bull, but they're all kind of humans with like animal heads sort of thing. So it seems to be between that, between uh, God Hates Astronauts, this uh, humans and the, the latest volume of Black Sad, uh, it's it's anthropomorphism. It's gone mad. Weird. And if yeah. it's not that, it's zombies. Because the other book I read this week was actually a dark horse book mm. uh, that just came out. Called horse, see, dark thing. horse. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, called Dead Island. Oh. Um, now this is a, a is very it the video game. <clears throat> it's a very strange, which was book. completely misleading. It was more of Peninsula. I actually don't know. <laughs> I, I actually don't know if this is based on the video game or not, but it could be because it's also produced by Deep Silver, so it could be. Um, but it's basically a zombie book, uh, which is uh, which is a, a bunch of stoners who are running around being chased by zombies. And it's actually, the thing that appealed to me is in this first issue, uh, it is told a little bit like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Nice. So he's trying to tell the story and he goes, oh no, wait a minute, I gotta go back a bit further. So he keeps trying to change the opening of it and then he'll introduce the character and he goes, oh wait, I suck, I should have introduced him. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've so, actually rewatched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang recently and I've film. forgotten how meta it was in that <laughs> sense. Go, oh, look, I'm a bad narrator. Bad narrator, <laughs> sorry, I gotta go back. Yeah. <laughs> so this That's was great. actually kind of a fun book. It's actually one of three. So uh, if it is a video game tie-in, it's one of the better. So Interesting. Interesting. No, I quite like that. Dave, are you read anything interesting this week? I've read absolutely nothing. Excellent. Guys. Excellent. That's what we do. Thanks for your contribution. <laughs> we, <do a>, we, <laughs> we, we do a book show and you didn't watch anything. Uh, well, actually, in terms of stuff we've watched, uh, Agents I've been of working, Sh- to be fair. That That's is, to be fair. To be fair. But when have we ever to be been, fair, to be fair. <laughs> when Tons have we ever been <laughs> fair on this show? <laughs> Did you just do the leprechaun from The Simpsons? <laughs> I want my gold. <laughs> Stay away from me, lucky charms. <laughs> I just, uh, just uh, let me just stress to the uh, view- the, the listeners, <clears throat> to our viewers, <laughs> our viewers, to our listeners that I actually, hey guys at the window, hey hello out there, uh, that I actually have a head cold. So please bear with me. <laughs> Because of all that monkey head in humans, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Much, yeah. Uh, couple of things that we watched this week. Uh, I got to say, there was no Shield this week. There was no Flash this week. But there was an interesting documentary in place yes. of Shield uh, called Marvel uh, from Pulp to Pop, uh, twenty five years or whatever it was. Seventy five years, about right, or whatever yeah. it was called. Um, it was actually pretty good. It was actually just a rundown of how Marvel kind of came about and where they how they've managed to turn their fortunes around. It's the antidote to Marvel, the untold story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the interesting thing in this uh, documentary was they actually. Showed some stills from Ant Man. Ah. Yeah, I um, a little I bit of behind, behind the scenes, the scenes footage. A little yeah. bit of behind yeah, the yeah. scenes footage, and uh, they ended it with an ad, uh, an early uh, sneak peek of it's Agent like Carter. Two minutes of Agent Carter. It yeah, was pretty so good. A, a whole scene and then like a little clip. Where we got to see. Um, uh, the butler, the original Jarvis. Yes. Uh, and we also got to see a bit of interaction between Howard Stark and uh, Peggy Carter. And I love that line from Howard Stark where he says, um, it's just theoretical, it may not even work, but let's face it, I designed it so it will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks, looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's an eight-issue series. It's coming out to ABC next year. Eight episodes. Yeah, eight it's, episodes. A, it's, a, it's a mid-season replacement, so yeah. it's, only, it's only half a season. That'll be very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really. Oh, hope look, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, 
and you know how I feel about yep. Agent Carter. So you want to you want to play the sound? Clip Not yet. Now. I'll save it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, a couple of things. I, I only mean, get to play it once a show. So. <laughs> look, Arrow this week was a was a Felicity centric episode. Great episode. Really great episode. Really because, good. Uh, and she had been in an episode of The Flash recently. Yes. Uh, so there's a lot of like there's a lot of fan love for Felicity. You brought in Felicity's mother. That was quite. I cool. love the the title of the episode was the secret origin of Felicity, Felicity Smoke. Smoke. And it was you, like, you went back to see her as a goth uh, teenager, hacker, and a hacker, hacktivist, a hacktivist. Yeah, yeah. Um, amazing that she can play herself so young, so convincingly. Actually, well, I think she is actually quite, quite young. young. So. <laughs> I know it just shows you how sort of made up she is in yes. in the show with the glasses and the pulled back hair. How much older that makes her look when she. You know, has the black, black straight, straight hair, hair yeah. and without the glasses, she looks really young. Yeah, um, and still mightily hot. I, I wasn't going to go there, Dave, because what the show is about is respect for women. I'm respecting her totally. I think she is gorgeous. Oh, there is no disrespect intended. What, she what is gorgeous. We, I think she is also, quite frankly, the best actor in that show. Mind you, I've been objectifying uh, Roy Harper for the last. Because <laughs> uh, he's freaking no, no. Quite hot, frankly, man. I think. Can she, I ask uh, you guys quickly? Are women different to men? <clears throat> Oh, uh, it's gonna be a longer conversation. <laughs> yeah, there must have been heaps of there must have been heaps of parts in Guardian Devil that you wouldn't have understood. You would have gone like you would have got to the point where the child turns up and gone, where do babies come from? <laughs> well, in this particular case, it was a virgin birth. So. That's true. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Uh, yeah. Uh, spo- <laughs> spoil it? No. No, no spoilers. No, it's not spoilers. No spoilers. That's the point. That's why it was a virgin birth. Opens. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh god, this is this is plowed off. Speaking of. Um, people uh the walking dead uh this week actually there was two two big things walking dead i just want to mention i'm not going to spoil it because i know you guys probably aren't up to date with this yet but it's gone off in a very different direction because they've got these two simultaneous stories going on and it's it's really fascinating it's finally something a bit different um so i'm really liking where they're different you say not rinse repeat repeat. what i love about this season so far it's been really intense and someone's actually used the phrase wash rinse repeat at some stage like they recognize it too and they're really making a a, a decent fist of it trying to get back on track with the comics but be different enough so that comics readers are still a little bit surprised so i think that's quite cool gotham now this is a show which i was ready to give up on um and i'm still and i'm still not like we're eight episodes, seven or eight episodes in. And Are you kidding? We're eight episodes in. Something like that, yeah. yeah. The, fu- the funny thing is I've actually seen the first two episodes. I have all of the episodes. Mm. I'm waiting to sit down and watch it. And every week with everything else that's come out, yeah, no. it's just at the bottom of the pile. Mm. Well, actually, no. It's second to the bottom of the pile with Walking Dead underneath it. Yeah. It's one of the last ones I watch each week. But... Uh, it was really good. There's a lot of penguin stuff in there, and it's like it's sort of like and there was a twist ending, which is like, okay, that's where you're going with this. I still say that the, the show is essentially hamstrung because they introduced Victor Zaz this episode. Yeah. They're still effectively hamstrung by the fact that this Did is. Did he got, have one scar? Oh, he had 28. Okay, he yeah. had 28 scars or something, and uh, they're effectively they're enough just for one to, to hide under this one arm mm. of one sleeve, you know. Um, I don't know. The thing about Gotham, I find, is it's a particularly humorless series. It is very humorous. It's a particularly yeah. humorless series that basically has nowhere to go. No. Because we're never going to introduce Batman. And the last episode wasn't not the most recent one. The previous episode, they kept saying things like, the city needs something more, <laughs> a defender of some kind. 
Maybe it's almost like maybe the bat shape. No, 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 what they're actually something. saying is this <laughs> series actually needs more. Yeah, <laughs> defenders. <laughs> if only there was Gotham a symbol five years we later. could project into the skyline. <laughs> yeah, so I just I just feel like if even, only Jim Gordon had a moustache. <laughs> even with even with Smallville, maybe which, your daughter Jim. Maybe she'll I can't do something. wait for the secret <laughs> the secret origin of Jim Gordon's moustache episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. And his glasses. There's no, there's no glasses. There's no there. glasses. Yeah. yeah. Well, his I said obviously gets worse when he gets older. <laughs> but even with Smallville, which let's not beat around the bush, it wasn't a great series, but we all kind of watched it because there was always yeah, that. I kind of watched it. You're there was right. there was that hope always throughout the entire show that eventually he will do something superheroic. He will become yeah. Superman, right? Mm. So you kind of stuck with it because you always kind of went, even though they kept saying it's not going to happen and that'll be the end of the you're show. You're not going to you wait get- for the final episode of Gotham where, like, you know, Jim Gordon rips open the shirt. And it's like, and it's a singlet, and, you know, <laughs> and the, and the Tim Burton theme starts playing, or and yeah, and it's just, the difference with this is, or he puts on the glasses, <laughs> with, or you yeah, see but, him combing them. But massage. Smallville had Clark in it. Yeah, like the equivalent would have been Smallville happening, like you know. In oh. the interim, oh, wait. Like do, you, do, you, do you mean Clark, the new series? It, it would have just been like Krypton. it would have been. Um, do you mean the new series? Been, Krypton they're talking about? <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean it would have just so been such Krypton. No, it would have been. It would have been about the struggle of the Kents to maintain a farm on a property. <laughs> and it would have had nothing to do with yeah. Kent's then. And people <laughs> would be going like. <laughs> it would have been. Oh, oh dear. dear. Moving like, right along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If only uh, we could have a baby. If only. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what would that child it's accomplish? It's like three seasons yeah. of Martha Kent <laughs> yeah, going Dave, through. Dave, you know what? Oh, three fan? seasons of no, Martha no, no, Kent no, going no, to IVF no. or something. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, <laughs> Fans are going. When are we going to see Krypton? When is the baby going to come? <laughs> no, because bottom line, no, every, at the end of every season, a satellite lands in there. <laughs> lands in there. Go, is this the one? It's just the one. Oh no, it's just random space dust. No. Lex, you should really shave your hair. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm going. Bo- I think just finds a new little bit of hair falling out every. Oh, episode. there you go. And you call it receding hairline. Oh <laughs> yeah. There you go. No, um, jo- Jonathan Kent just likes looking at naked boys. Oh. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> wow. wow. That, hey, yeah. that e- went e- to a dark Every place Superman really movie quickly. has to have That went so, yeah. so bad. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, if only a naked boy would come. <laughs> <laughs> there are good people, Carl <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus, man. All right. Let's, uh, I don't uh, even know do where we, we are. Section? Yeah, let's, I'm going to press this button because I think it gets us out of here. It's an escape button. Comics has announced their major event for 2015. Convergence will be split into 40 connected two-part miniseries, each with different artists and writers. It will play out over a nine-week period in April and May next year. More on that in our talking point following the headlines. Let's try to jump the gun. Meanwhile, Marvel Comics continues its summer 2015 teasers with X-Men 92, seemingly based on the fan-favorite animated series of the 1990s. <laughs> Whoops, I jumped the gun on that. Of the 1990s. Hans Zimmer. 90s. <laughs> That's how I felt about the 90s, man. Hans Zimmer and Chunky XL have confirmed that they will reteam for the soundtrack to Batman v Superman. 
Dawn of Justice. <laughs> that was the 80s. Uh, Peggy Carter has been confirmed to appear in next year's Ant-Man, potentially interacting with Hunk Pym in flashback sequences. Speaking of Agent Carter, Costa Ronan joins the cast as a young Anton hey, Vanko. Costa! <laughs> the father of Mickey Rourke's Ivan Vanko from Iron Man 2. And that's where the sound clip should have gone. <laughs> Bill Simmons has been drafted to script the adaptation of Boom Studios' Daymen for Universal. Skyward creator and G.I. Joe, a real American hero artist, Jeremy Dale, passed away this week at the age of 34. Finally, Marvel has also announced their big crossover event showcasing Secret Wars Battle World, bringing together events and realities from across the years. Now, this brings us to the talking point, boys, which is an interesting combination of... What's DC up to now? As well as... Hey, Marvel, what's happening over here? <laughs> <laughs> it's my own crossover. Uh, these are the two big events. Uh, I, I like the convergence. One looks very much like they're going to be uh, bringing back the original universe, yeah, or, or at least elements of them. They seem to be walking towards an end of something and the beginning of something else. Meanwhile, Marvel's event seems to be working towards the end as well. Can, can I just point out, and as well as another secret world, the secret wars seems to be battle world, but with like different realities on it instead of different. You know, planets. Yeah, can I can I just point out for those who haven't read Secret Wars back in the eighties? Which version? Well, the first one, the yeah. very original Secret Wars. I think it was nineteen eighty four or something like that. Eighty five, probably whatever. around the time that they did Crisis. Yeah, like, no, I think it Crisis. was just prior to Crisis. Actually, yeah. it was it was a big event. <clears throat> it's where Spider Man got the black suit from, which was then later retconned into being Venom and all this sort mm-hmm. of stuff. But the premise of Secret Wars was all of the Marvel major Marvel superheroes were sucked off of Earth. And put Sorry, all of the major Marvel superheroes were sucked off. Is what you said. Off of Earth. All oh, right, I missed the last. Boy, bit. you hey, just got a filthy We could have done an hour on Small Smallville. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're taken to this battle world where the Beyonder basically makes them all fight each other um, to test them all on this other world. Hello. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly what they're doing. They seem to be revisiting. But within that, they're revisiting other events within that. It's very weird, but I think they're, they're sort of bringing everything to a close. So DC's one looks like a crisis by any other name. Yeah. Um, the Marvel and, one. And so does Marvel's. Marvel's Sorry, one. Sorry, personal crisis. crisis. <laughs> personal crisis. And, and, I think you know, they need to see a therapist. Well, people have been speculating whether or not Marvel's going to do the new 52 thing and just reboot everything Every- after oh, this. Oh, please, no. So like, this is the speculation going around at the moment. But um, speculate no more because why, I- Sorry, why do they keep acting like something's wrong? Well, this is this is this is this is interesting because their sales are down. That's why. I know. Well, actually, sales are up, and it's really weird that they keep trying to this short return thing of like new number ones. We get sales in, and then what happens by issue eight? You know, like it's, mm. it seems to be a very short return thing. But oh, I think all the speculation can be answered. I have a very sneak peek of what's going to happen in two thousand and sixteen. Oh yeah, uh, they accidentally leaked this trailer onto the internet. Coming in twenty sixteen, DC and Marvel's biggest events yet. In January, it's a complete reboot of some of your most beloved characters, only this time as cats. It's the all-new Marvel Now Now, that's a good kitty event. Then, on Free Comic Book Day, both companies will release titles that foreshadow events due later in the year, but are ultimately unfulfilling. In July, Image Comics will take out the Eisner Awards anyway. And in September, DC will reboot with the weekly New New 52, bringing fresh new creator visions to once-beloved characters each Wednesday. That's right, 52 new number ones every week for the next three years. Also from Marvel, something with the Avengers, and probably the X-Men too. 
Plus, look out for other exciting tie-ins. A month full of covers made in chicken fat? We get that. Did someone say International Flower and Garden Festival Crossover Month? Sure. Why not? Which company, you ask? I mean, does it even matter anymore? It's Marvel versus DC. Whoever wins will probably still keep reading. <laughs> Well done, sir. That was, that was I, I just downloaded that from the internet. I, I, I just, that was just leaked. <laughs> I, think, I, think images to, I think images need to be put to that and, uh, and YouTube yeah, it. Yeah. And someone with a decent American accent. <laughs> uh, uh, wow, yeah, everything so. you said, though, sends chills. <laughs> I, I chills down the spine. Yeah, you'll eat your words when we get those chicken fat covers. <laughs> and the international flower. We're doing Darwin it. Cook covers at the moment. I know. Aren't we? It's like, why not? Why not? You know, people like variant Darwin. covers. He's I don't a actually. Good I don't have a problem with yeah. variant covers. It's just yeah. that everything else just seems. To, you're right. The, the, the real question. Do. The, but the real <laughs> question is. The real question is though uh, exactly what Dave said, which is why keep acting as though something's wrong when when it's not. Sales yeah. are actually up every year, and digital sales have gone through the roof. And the movies are pretty good. And the yeah, the movies are making some coin. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> Marvels. Marvels films <laughs> making some coin. I mean, you know the fact that 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 Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, a completely mm. untested property as far as the public's concerned, made well over seven hundred million dollars internationally, mm. and is now like the one of the th- like the third highest grossing uh, Marvel film ever mm. until you know uh, Age of Ultron yeah. comes out next year. Sorry, what was that? Until <laughs> Age of Ultron. Oh, that oh one. damn! <laughs> I've missed that. Oh, so just give me a minute with that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I don't even know where we go from that. I think we're gonna have to. We're gonna go back to the late. We're gonna go back to the nineties. Now, can I just go back mm. to variant covers for a minute? Because I actually do have a problem with variant covers. Because I read comic books because I read the stories and I'm mm. and I'm and I'm invested in. It. I don't star, want star stories. <laughs> I don't want to have to worry about picking up seventy five no, different no, no, no. variant. Covers of a, no, of a Dave. Book. I, I agree with you on that, but I, we're not talking about that. I think. I think we're talking more about the the gimmick month. Everything like, about yeah. gimmicks, like so they're not variants. Variant it's just co- variant every every issue just, is something. variant covers yeah. are just one more form of gimmick, and I'm sick of the gimmicks. Mm. Can't we just get back to reading comics? You know, so what, I really you know like. You the, know what they should oh. do? They should do a, a month where it's called good art covers. Oh, you know <laughs> where they actually just have some covers that are nice. I, I really like, like... There's like two or three that are really nice and most of them are just gimmick crap. I really you know, like what uh, Image did with Saga and said, look, we're thinking of doing for our 25th issue 25 different covers. What do you guys think? Resoundingly, the audience said, no, thank you. And they said, right, mm. we're not going to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. And listen, when <laughs> I was, Their back cover is just the colour. When I was when yeah. I was yeah. a when I was a young lad <laughs> and, I was I actually, was young. and I was actually collecting comic books... David, were you sad when the dinosaurs died? <laughs> <laughs> He met Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, and, no. and he pulled <laughs> and he pulled the Thor from Jesus' paw, and Jesus gave him his first comic yeah, book. We just lost every religious listener we have. Okay, Do you think so we had any religious I listeners? I hope not. Anyway, um, smearing themselves in chicken fat. Because if we did, we offended know. them a long time ago. Um, all right, so I want to be part of that. Church, when I was uh, younger, <laughs> when I was younger, Marvel did this weird month. They did this weird event. And this was in the day when we didn't have so many weird events. Comics were just comics. And Marvel, out of the blue, had this month called 
Assistant Editors Month. And I don't know if anybody remembers this, and I've been looking for them like crazy. Every book across the line basically had some sort of weird-ass cover to it, and the story was unrelated to the main story, and it was just completely off its tree, right? <laughs> and it was because it was like they, they would open every issue, and it would say all the editors have gone to a special meeting overseas, and the assistant editors have been left to do the comic books. And they had like Mad Magazine artists doing Spider-Man, and it was just, yeah, it was awesome. just insane, right? That reminds me of that Batman solo. Did you guys ever ever read yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's this insane event, right? It came out of the blue. <laughs> it was really funny, and they never did it again, right? And you sit there and you look at it and go, that's the sort of thing I'm kind of interested in. What we're getting at the moment, though, is we're getting a different event or a different gimmick or a different cover every single month. And it's like, stop it. Because <laughs> 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 they've completely devalued what an event could be. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like James Cameron or maybe it was George Lucas with like the whole thing is like there used to be special effects and now they're just every effects. shot is, you know, so effect, now they're just yeah. effects. Now, they're yeah. just, they're, now it's just part of filmmaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now they're just covers. Yeah. Pretty much. So I, that's just per- personal. It's just been weighing on me. So I had to bring no, it's kind of true. When I do the cover um, story uh, column for the site, each month it has gotten a little harder. I mean, there's some great covers still out there, but then when they do an event month like that, it's like, well, which one of these well, 52 identical mm-hmm. covers do I use as an example of And it? think about your, you know? your column. Yeah, well, the thing when yeah. you go When you go, this is the best covers of the month. Yeah. But they're not the only covers, and suddenly it's devalued the cover. It's devalued yeah. the cover artist. Because the cover artist like, does this great piece of artwork, mm-hmm. and then they go, oh, but the variants are better. It's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. just let the it's cover like artists a, do their um, work. Yeah, it's right, like movie right. poster art today. It's like the, It's just all kind of... Photoshopped, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Photoshop was the yeah. death. Of you look because the thing is, like a, a Daredevil cover, for example, like could be just Daredevil standing there, and we'd be like, "That's a really nice rendering of Daredevil. Mm. Right? That looks great." But if doesn't if it doesn't tell me anything about the story or the comic, yeah, yeah, or if it has no feeling. It's like it's not a good cover. Because Somni's, uh, what I love about Somni's covers is that one. And most of the time, sorry, Richard, like quickly, like, most of the times they they missell you on. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but actually, I think Daredevil is a great now. example because Somni's covers tell you something about the story, but they're really stylized as well. Totally. They're my favorite covers. Yeah. Absolutely, mm. they are. If I could, I, I could probably like every month include mm. the Somni cover for, yeah. for Daredevil in that column. But yeah, it's it's. It well, is, we go back. We go back to She-Hulk. Remember last week? It is an issue. But right. I was going to say, well, actually, one thing though about variant covers, though, and particularly from an Australian point of view, is that there's a lot of local artists mm. who actually make their bread and butter yeah. uh, doing variant covers because there's some good money in it. Yeah, like, 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 and, like it's, uh, it's, a, it's sort of that whole, you know, we're not really complaining about the art. The art's great across the board. They, they wouldn't put it on the cover otherwise. No. It's just sort of the approach to it. Like it cheapens I think, it. I think that the worst you know. example of very like I'm covers, happy for people to be making money doing covers. Absolutely. And I'm happy for like, you know, you could the, sell it as good, art though. I'd say yeah. I'd say maybe eighty, ninety percent of the covers we get are Good, Good art. But the thing is, you look at the worst example of this, so and uh, this is the boring, creachy bit before we get on to the pick, but you 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 look at the worst example of this, which was the launch of Justice League. Uh, oh, yeah. What was it? Justice Canada. League? Oh, Justice League, no, of America. Of, of America. Of America, right. which was 52 covers, or ended up being 53 or 54, uh, because it was one for every state of America. Mm. It's the same cover, they just changed the flag mm. out. And it's like, well, that's just cheap. And that's just, I mean, Surprisingly enough, that was the highest selling book mm. that month. But mm. you know why? Because you know, well, you know, people. It'd be really nice. Somebody, you know, like, you know, there's somebody who bought all the covers. It'd be really nice yeah. if people would filled a long, filled a short box with yeah. just that number one issue. <laughs> It'd be really yeah. nice yeah. if people actually started <clears throat> to buy comic books just to read comic books mm. rather than mm. to collect them. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree with you, and I think that's what digital is happening increasingly. Yeah, that people are, uh, are just reading the books. Oh, look, I still collect a handful of print stuff because I'm a collector for, from long back, from way back. Uh, 
but a collector from Long Bay. From, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know they have to send them to me yeah, to the special. They open it first. They go through so there's no subversive material. Long Bay's a prison though yeah, for people. Yeah, that's true. I yeah, up, actually, I picked that, up yeah. a. I picked, yeah. up, <laughs> I picked up a, and I know this is a forbidden. Been there. It's, actually. A, it's a forbidden. Not thing. as an inmate. But, <laughs> it's, it's a forbidden thing, and, and but I just got to mention this though. I picked up a CBR, so it was a downloaded. It was a naughty copy of a of a copy of Vampirella at mm. one point. But they had actually combined all of the, the cover variant up. covers into the one file. So mm. the first four pages were the four yeah. different covers. They released comic books like that. Yeah. That. Well, they well, do I, actually. The legitimate copies do that a lot mm. as well. So That so. would be hot where you just have all the different covers on there. Yeah. So you actually have all the cover art, all in one issue. Yeah. You have to buy four different copies. No, you buy a, one. Covers are important though because it's like we're buying magazines. Yeah. That's what the comic books are. You walk They're into magazines. a comic book shop, it's like the walls are covered yeah. in comics. How exactly. do you choose? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know. So yeah, it's, when you it's look it's at the wall and there's seven copies of the same yeah. book, and you go, "Oh, seven new issues." Oh no, not seven but new I think issues. The same issue. Actually, for new covers. readers, like, that's you know, an issue. Yeah. For new readers, that's an issue. Which one is the one I'm supposed to? Yeah. What is the original? See, the covers are like the most, and the gimmick stuff is the blank variants. You know, because I, I do that a lot. Like Dave's got one that I did Ooh. for him a while ago. Yeah, where yeah, you, yeah, you know, yeah. you just draw a, a funny picture on and pass it on, yeah. or you give it to an artist that you That's like to draw next, on. It. You know, yeah. <laughs> and, and Dave, I'm actually looking at some uh, comics that Dave's framed now because when when they the covers are like that, they become artworks on the yeah. wall. You know, because it has meaning. Yeah, you know, I read these these two comics yeah. I have framed Richard got them for me mm. um, I've read them digitally mm. but I have these two framed because this one's got the 3D cover and they're both Amanda Connor so that's mm. why I have them mm. uh, this one's got the 3D cover and this is of course is the merging of our universes with Power Girl and uh, Harley Quinn on the same cover with, with so Amanda Connor art with Amanda yeah. Connor art so yeah, why would like, they have um, these framed you know? you know exactly and like for example like Daredevil Guardian Daredevil we're gonna do Guardian Devil. I, I actually yeah. found the first issues in bags and boards at a, right. like a yes. garage sale, and you know, I grabbed all of them for next to nothing. Frame them all, you know. And and the kind of thing is, mm. you look at the covers there, and in the trades, like you do get the covers too. Yeah, you know. But like most days now, you don't really get the covers. In, all in the, the story, you get them yeah. at the back of the, <coughs> the trade, and sometimes they like put all the covers on one page. Yeah, well, in fact, like, in that's, fact that's, um, that's part of yeah. the fun of it. This it one is. doesn't actually have the. This they spoil the everything now, though. In the newer edition, yeah, it is. You just flick past it, and uh, that's you can the see cover. It. That's the cover. Oh, yeah, okay, and it's great because it, they don't have the it's the, it's the logoless covers. You yeah. can see the art for its at full value. Like, like so, Richard's, like, you know. Richard's got one here, the Daredevil Visionaries version of it. Yeah, this is the original trade paperback. This is the one. Let's hey, let's just get into the pick. Well, see how you like this. What is it, Batman? Whatever it is, it's it's awfully funny. <laughs> it's the pick of the week. In 1998, indie filmmaker Kevin Smith was hired by Marvel to revitalize Daredevil. Over the course of an eight-issue arc, he runs Matt Murdock and his alter ego through the obstacle course of grief and trauma, all in order to protect the life of an infant who may or may not be the second coming of Christ. Or is it the Antichrist? Illustrated by Joe Casada and Jimmy Palmiotti, the series earns Smith a Harvey Award for Best New Talent in Comic Books. This is Daredevil in some of his darkest days. This is Guardian Devil. Yeah. So, um, so where were we? We were, talk- <laughs> we were talking about. Oh, we skipped to the end. No, we were talking about this this edition that I've got here of um, 
uh, the, the Daredevil Visionaries one. We've all got different editions here. This is like the original. Oh, Dave and I actually have the same one. This yeah. is the original 98. This is the first printing, August 1999, the first trade paperback Ooh. edition. I've got this one signed by Kevin Smith, in fact, but I got it because it was from his website back when you know, he could buy anything and he signed mm. absolutely right, everything. Right. When he had more time on his hands, uh, now he seems to be doing a new movie every other week. Um, <laughs> but uh, this this was... Look, this was a, this was a significant comic for me because this is back in the late '90s. This is one of the the books that got me back into reading comics, and uh, the the uh, Kevin Smith. I was a huge fan of. Chasing Amy had been out for about a year at this stage, probably uh, a little less because by the time we got it here in Australia, so this was like key demographic for me. It was a comic book by this guy. Did this movie that I loved that was about comic books, and uh, you know, and then this this he'd done a handful of comics at this stage. He had done. I think the couple of the Clerks comics uh, for Oni Press and this things is like his that. First real this comic. is his first real comic, and <clears throat> and there's yeah. different stories around how we got approached uh, for this, and it wasn't his first foray into to long form um, uh, superhero stuff because he had notoriously written the uh, Superman Lives screenplay at this stage, uh, and. By the time he'd finished writing this, he was ready to roll into Green Arrow, but in course he went into Dogma instead, which is really important because a lot of the themes in this book are very religious. You can see where Kevin Smith's headspace is at. So that's just to paint you a little picture about where Kevin Smith was and where I came into this book. But this is a book that, as I said, I was really surprised that you hadn't read up until this week, Dave, uh, David, because you, you are a huge Kevin Smith fan and you had been from the beginning. Uh, I know Dave Longo's read it uh, before and he's read it again recently because I... I, I Dare say Dave's the biggest Kevin Smith fan in the room. Yes, um, <laughs> probably. And uh, followed closely behind by yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dave's <laughs> a pretty big fan. But contextually, because yeah. it's all about context. At the time, I was a massive Kevin Smith fan. He was like one of the the four or five people that I was following the most because you know late nineties Gen X are like me. I was hate. Well, I was. It's, a, it's Kevin Smith, Quentin Tarantino, yeah. Robert Rodriguez. It's, it was it's all. Sim- the, it's similar yeah. to you, but you know how you saying you you came back to comics for yeah. this. I probably got into comics because yeah. of because of this. Well, not this book but this was about the yeah. time. Like for me, it was um, Spider-Man, The Evil That Men Do yes. from, Ke- from Kevin Smith, which that, was one of the first his single black, issues uh, that Black I Cat book. His Black Cat book. Yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah. I, can I point out I also haven't read? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's really uh, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't like it as it's much not as, as good this. As this. No, no, yeah. this is a, a you know, before burying the lead. But I was a Kevin Smith fan before reading. For me, it was the same. It was like this confluence of events of like seeing Sam Raimi's Spider-Man and being a Kevin Smith fan, which was, you know, my two comics that I was right. really into at that time was Ultimate Spider-Man and the Kevin Smith stuff. Was like this, the Clerks comic books and all that stuff. This was before the film as well, wasn't it? When yes. did the film come? Oh, the film didn't come out until 2004, no, 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 did this it? Was yeah, well yeah, before it was the film. But there are heavy influences from this in the film. There certainly are. And we should say actually contextually that 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 Daredevil wasn't the big character that he was in the in the mid eighties, mid to late eighties, early nineties that he was by the by nineteen ninety eight it rolled around. Mm, mm. It's interesting that the two books that Kevin Smith took on were characters that were once big had mm. fallen out of favour. And he kinda of brought back. Brought as well. back. Yeah. And and there's there's a lot of parallels between the structure of this story and the structure of Green Arrow Quiver. Mm, mm, mm. They both have uh, they both have a religious theme to them. They both have a heaven and hell demonic theme to them. And they also have, well, quite literally in this, he, he visits Mephisto. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, you know, the the the, uh, the equivalent in DC as well. But also the, the fact that you can see the giddy child in Kevin Smith mm. who is finally getting a chance to play with Marvel characters and throwing them all in, mm. yeah. you know. Uh, and then and, and the, the sexual relationships. The sexual relationships, mm. yeah. And you can see that. You can see why they chose Kevin Smith to do this because he's a Catholic boy as well. 
Yeah, and, this book is an interesting mm. book. Now, you understand the context of why I hadn't read it up until this point. When this book came out, I wasn't reading comics. So mm. I had basically fallen out of comics at that point. I used to read Daredevil um, much earlier the, on. The, the 90s the, were the, rough for all comics well, readers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the, I remember I stopped well, reading comics. Well, this is a, re- a reboot of Daredevil, isn't it? It though, was. Like, at the time, yeah, very like much a, so. new number yeah. one, yeah. yeah. So I was, I, was, I was pretty much out of comics by mid-80s, mid to late 80s. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't come back into it until four years ago. So right, yeah. there was a long period in the wilderness. And so in coming back to comics, I've been voraciously reading them. So I'm reading and catching up with a lot of stuff. But there's still a lot of stuff. There's a handful of stuff that I haven't got. And Kevin Smith is one of those people who I hadn't read any of his comics. Big, huge Kevin Smith fan. Hadn't read any of his comics until I read Quiver mm. uh, about two years ago. And actually, no, I take that back. I read, um, before that, I read Green Hornet. That Green was, Hornet. The first one I read of his was Green Hornet. And I think contemporaneously with this, uh, he did Chasing Dogma, which mm-hmm. was the bridging book between Chasing mm-hmm. Amy yeah. and Dogma. Dogma. Mm-hmm. And um, later, like a lot of that was used for Strike Back. Yes. Yeah. Actually, a lot of that was used a lot for of Strike it, Back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting going back and actually catching up on Kevin Smith's comics. Now, I haven't read any of his Viewerskew comics. So we're just talking about his mainstream comics. Can right? we just say that the Viewerskew comics will have to do, I think. Once oh, at some point, I'm sure we will have clerks, a look at them. If you're a Kevin Smith fan and you, you haven't read the Clerks comic books, I, I go get it now. The, they are quite get good. Get it now. At least it's, one it's of like them. It's like the unmade 90s Clerks movie. Because uh, at least one Four of them, of them yeah. at least one of them has a deleted scene that ended up mm-hmm. animated, in, animated yeah. for the special edition of the DVD. Oh, okay. There's that scene where they go to um, uh, the funeral. Right. So, mm-hmm. and actually what happened in the yeah. funeral. <laughs> uh, there's another one, I think, where they go and visit um, Caitlin Bree in, yeah. the, in, in the, the asylum. asylum. Yeah, 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 which is great. The As best, the that's best the Christ- one. The that's best the Christmas story, episode, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. <laughs> the best story is when uh, it's like Dante and Randall decide to go and hunt for um, like Star Wars toys on the day of release, <laughs> and they get embroiled in this like underground like trade scheme of Star <laughs> Wars figures. And it's it's brilliant. Yeah. So that's I mean, it's interesting because he comes from that, and he's got he's got this clear sense of humor as a result coming from those sort of comics. Um, and here it's it's him trying to balance off his sheer verbosity. Like, I mean, he is a verbose man and yeah. you can see that there is a lot of text in this book and you joked before the show, David, there is a- I actually, actually have a bookmarked here. It's a, it's a sequence where it's a flashback uh, with him and Karen Page and there is actually a panel mm. uh, which has no picture. It is just a speech bubble. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this is, we, we, we accuse Bendis of doing this. We accused, you know, Snyder of doing this in Batman and in The Wake, but, you know, no matter how you cut it, he writes a lot in this. Mm. But despite that, it's a really rapid read. Beca- it is. And one of the things about Kevin Smith, and this is a, a, when I read uh, Green Hornet, which now that I've been reading his earlier stuff, you know the Green Hornet is not one of his finer works. It's good, but it's not one mm. of his finer works. He is an amazing writer of comic books. He's, and he, yes, he is a verbose writer, but it's actually one of the things I love about his films mm. as well. I love his dialogue, and his dialogue just flows. Mm. And because it just flows, when you actually read this book, you just kind of, you're spinning pages. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. It flies by, unlike. And I don't want to bring up old wounds, but unlike uh, Snyder's work in oh. um, in The Wake, which what you were going to say on Widening Gyre or something. No, I was it's, thinking. No, I was thinking about which was comparing it to another verbose writer. It's interesting that you compare those two because there was a scene in here that I thought there's a scene uh, where he's telling a story. It's either him or his mother, who's now a nun, um, is telling a story, and they sort of you know, and it sort of goes off into this sort of analogy, sort of you know oh, yeah, comparing today, yeah, and, yeah. and they actually just have in between each panel, there's like a little. Uh, like you know, there's a picture, and then there's actually just a full, like a scroll, yes, with with the story on it, and it's kind of 
what Snyder did with in the wake that we all had problems with, uh, which but here was it works. Which is like they're in the middle yeah, of an, no, no, they're no. in the middle of an action sequence, and suddenly someone tells a story. But here, you can see how he he's laid the groundwork for that. And it somehow just flows but seamlessly. But it also works contextually. You know? So in the wake, yeah. they're in the middle of all this chaos going off around them. And, and someone the guy tells seems a five-page story. story. Yeah. This, he's just in a room. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, you know if the, the comparison to the wake is sort of... No, I think I think, I think the only but reason like, um, we mention it is because mm. we complained about the verbosity in that. Yeah, but the thing is... That the, and we have the, to acknowledge yeah. it in this. But the thing is, this, so. is a, this is a product of the early 2000s, the late 90s. Late 90s, and, yeah. and, and Kevin Smith was known for his dialogue in particular. Absolutely. And incredible dialogue that it was. And rapid fire dialogue. Yeah, whereas, whereas the thing is that that stuff's changed now. I think yeah. it, it's it's become less acceptable to be this literary in you know. No, but I also, I think I also because, disagree because, because because people aren't as clever as he he was. Uh, no, but I also disagree because his Bionic Man and his uh, Green Hornet, which are relatively recent, mm. Mm. Um, are still just as verbose. It's yeah. interesting. But this actually, is Daredevil. I actually find, you know, like, I find like uh, I find sorry, Miller, sorry, Frank uh, Miller's uh, yeah. Daredevil is worded. Yeah. No, 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 but I but I just, just want to say Claremont's like Claremont is worded. But but all all I mean is that it's like it's Kevin Smith like clearly. Being, being Kevin obsessed Smith. With, yeah. with Daredevil yes. and writing his oh, no, version look, of it. And, and we're going to have to say, like, uh, I made the comparison because uh, it's just something we have to point out, that yes. it is it is a texty book. But um, the reason they hired Kevin Smith to do this book is because they wanted a particular type of story. And that's what you get with this. You get you get that Kevin Smith dialogue. You get, uh, and, and sometimes it, it, it does, like the, the heavy hand of his Catholicism is in there, but that it's always been there yeah. with Matt Murdock. And I want to adjust. And, I want to, and Frank Miller yeah, did that absolutely. with Born Again. Yeah. And yeah. I want to address yeah. that actually because the first thing that occurred to me, this is my first read through, okay? Mm. So the first thing that occurs to me when I read this book is I go, oh, it's a, a virgin birth. It is a child. Oh my God, now they're saying it could be the rebirth of the Messiah. Or oh, is it no, the Antichrist? Or is it yeah. the Antichrist? We've got mm. two warring factions. And I my first reaction to this book was really well written and everything else. But I went, Kevin Smith... This and then tw- uh, quiver, quiver with the uh, well of souls yeah. and all, and 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 you know being vessels and I'm going really maybe you're a one trick pony maybe mm. maybe all you've really got to say is this and now this show is spoilers and all and, and and dogma in between and dogma in between yeah but this is where the genius of this book mm. happens because mm. I'm following this story yes he goes to Doctor Strange they rise Mephisto the whole bit mm. and what it all comes down to when you're actually reading this book is somewhere at the three quarter mark. We introduce the bad guy, mm-hmm. and yeah. you actually and you actually go, that's genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because spoilers and all for this show, it's not religious at no. all. No, it is a con job, mm-hmm. and the whole yep. thing is a con job. And having having um, Mysterio Mysterio mm-hmm. as your bad guy is genius. It was, and and it- you know, and you sit there and you go. Good on you. This is exactly because you lulled me in thinking all this spiritual, and and, mm-hmm. and I'm actually reading it going. Daredevil doesn't get this supernatural mm. in general. No. He's street level, you yeah. know? And to turn it around and say, it's not supernatural at all. No, and, you know? <laughs> and no. That's where I think that was what was really clever because, as I said at the start, Kevin Smith is clearly like enthused by the characters. Yeah. He really loved and he wants to put as many of them in as possible. And you saw that in Quiver as well. Yeah. We just had scenes where the entire Justice League were there just because he wanted to play with them. Yeah. Batman didn't need to be in that story in, in Quiver. But Kevin Smith wanted but to write it, Batman, yeah, and, exactly, but, yeah. and, and it worked well because he has a clear love for the character. The same thing here. There's obviously, you know, the scenes with Spider-Man in here, which mm. work really like towards the end of the book. Are so I, beautiful. And let's, and let's you know. just say that this is this is an amazing uh, Black Widow that he's introduced. Yeah. This whole past romance that they've had, this whole relationship between him and, and Natasha is fabulous. Can, well, why don't we, you open the door to romance, and I have to talk about this, because this is something that our good friend Ryan K. Lindsay brings up in uh, his book, 
blind dates and mm. broken hearts. Now, Karen. The, Karen, yeah. yeah. Now, Karen uh, Page, spoilers and all, mm-hmm. dies in this. Mm-hmm. The way she dies in this is uh, that Bullseye, another great Daredevil villain, mm-hmm. throws his uh, throws Daredevil's own billy club straight through the middle of her. Which can yeah. I tell you, once again, Rhythm. the parallels to the film that was made, made yeah. this is how Bullseye killed uh, Electra's father. Electra, but, but in, the, in comics continuity, Bullseye... Uh, spears. No, 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 Electra's father. Oh, Electra's father, Remember yeah. Remember, he throws the billy club. Billy club in it. But in, in, yeah. in uh, comics continuity, Electra herself is also killed by Bullseye. Mm-hmm. By, uh, and that's referenced Her, her own well. sigh being uh, pierced through her. Now, as, as Matt Murdock, as Daredevil. One of the Daredevil, most iconic images Absolutely. Ever. But as, man, as, Matt Murdo- as Matt Murdock, as Daredevil, um, laden with Catholic guilt uh, as he is, you know, lapsed Catholic guilt perhaps, but Catholic guilt nonetheless, you know, being having gone to a, uh, a Christian brother's school myself, mm-hmm. it's always there. Yeah, uh, um, yeah I can tell you that. You know, too, ha- yeah. having long given up any any notion that there is a God, I, I, the latent Catholic guilt still there. Mm. Can you imagine how messed up you are with your relationship with women? And I think Black Widow actually calls him out on it. At the end of the book. That's like the running thread of the whole book. Because like, it, that's the thing. It's like, when, when do people turn to faith? It's yeah. when they need hope. Yeah. And, it's, and it's at the darkest moments. And so it's like, it's the devil that, turn, and, that has to turn to like, faith. Exactly. And it's like know? him thinking, how toxic And then at the I end, be, the know? faith is not real. No. And that's like, that's Mysterio. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, he, this is pushed, it's brilliant because it's like, faith is mysterious. This is and daredevil like, pushed to a point where he's like throw, about to throw a baby off a building. Mm. Yeah. I believe to, twice. Twice. <laughs> yeah. In order to, and he breaks yeah. Natasha's it's ankle. It's that whole like yeah. um, what, what's you know? that story? Uh, I can't remember. It's on the Bible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's in the part of the Bible that's relevant Abraham, to this situation. I didn't mean to sound like I was being caught. I believe like, it's uh, b- uh, like Abraham uh, book has three, chapter two, <laughs> written by Joe Casada. <laughs> and yo, the daredevil shall be forth. And I come in the book of Joe. In the book of Kevin. Wouldn't that be amazing? If David just hit that Bible verse like, like <laughs> right on the on the like, you yeah. thought I was going yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. wow. I believe man. that's uh, Genesis 12, uh, 13. You're like a freaking <laughs> onion, man. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I'll can buy I, whatever you're selling. Can I actually selling. just t- address that verbosity thing again? Yeah, please. Because like, I just think in um in modern day comics, you tend to have. Sorry, can I put, point, I'm going to point out the irony of you talking uh, further about verbosity. But anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing is, the thing is, like, uh, anyway, yep. No, 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 no go on, ah, keep no, going. Go on. Yeah. So you, you'll have a whole page in a Monday comic filled with text, right? Yeah. And it'll just be the one page. Yeah, that's true. You know, you'll have four thousand scenes, and all of them are one pages. Whereas mm. this actually takes its time. Look, with scenes, the scenes will go on for more than two pages. No, look, they'll actually have a, a beginning, a middle, and end, an arc to them, a point to them. It won't. It won't actually just be people like you know. Here's a story. No, you know, I've it, opened it, straight it, to one of the the pages where I turned the page and thought, wow, that's a lot of text. But you know, read it in about five seconds because it's this great scene where Karen Page is is effectively writing a letter. To, to, to Matt and and it's which happens a couple of times. It's another running mm-hmm. uh, theme throughout this, and that's where you get a lot of that uh, what, Bible verse. What I'm I'm conveniently calling verbosity, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it, it is it, it is an effective storytelling thing. I mean, it is it is very prose when you know comics are a very show don't tell uh, medium. Like that's how I like to read them. But here it it, it strangely works because mm-hmm. you're right. It is Kevin Smith being Kevin Smith. Uh, and I mean that in a positive way. Yeah. I don't mean that yeah. in the sense that uh, he is being just verbose for the sake of it. I mean, as you say, his strength has always been his dialogue. Mm. 
And he has uh, a lot to yeah. say, and he has a lot to say, and you can see it just pouring out of him. Mm. And I into guess this so, book. I guess I'll yeah. add to, add to that, Richard, as well. But like that, he gets away with it too, mm. even further because of the amazing art from Casada. Which is now exactly, we need to yeah, talk yeah. about this because Casada, wow, uh, this is an amazing mm. looking book uh, from Casada's art through to Palmiotti's inks. Um, and who did the coloring on this? Because the coloring is gorgeous uh, as well. I think. Uh, da, 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 I have to look this up. We'll just um, find out the colorist as well because he needs. I know credit. Richard uh, Isanova did the uh, uh, cover, uh, cover color, but uh, I'm not Guardian sure. Devil colorists. Oh, there's a bunch of them actually. Yeah. Uh, Avalon's Dan Kemp, Laura Dupi, Dupu, Dupre, Dupe, uh, Drew Lackey, yeah, and Brian Hubble and Studios, Richard Azanov, Dan the Baron Kemp. Yeah, a bunch of people did yeah. colors in this, but it's all consistent. And the edition that I've got. Uh, this is the 1998 edition, which is sort of mirrors the original mm. sort of paper. Uh, has got this kind of slightly pulpy, slightly faded look to it. The newer editions, you get it a little bit glossier. Well, yeah, the um, edition, I've got two editions here in front of me. One is this one that's the current trade, mm. uh, which is gorgeous. And I've also got that Marvel uh, graphic novels collection collection uh, version, uh, yeah. which is also just beautiful. To but look how at. rad is that scene where it's like Mysterio saying that he found out everything yeah. he had to know about... Uh, Daredevil, and it's this beautiful one-page splash montage of Mysterio like unraveling, you know, everything in, in Daredevil's history, everything from the yellow costume to to that brief period where he had that kind of armored costume. Now, what and, the other thing I really love his mother and the blinding and all that sort of stuff. I love the way Foggy Nelson's drawn as well. Yes, he's like completely we, different to the other. Can I call this one hundred and one? Oh yeah, we will. In just yeah. a second. Can I also <laughs> just point out that in the most recent trade, which yeah. is the same one that Dave is holding in his hand, uh, at the back of it, I don't know about in your but there's actually a, a, a prose part that goes right. on for several pages, which is actually the conversation between Kingpin oh, and Mysterio. Wow. Interesting, interesting. So it's, it is the full conversation and the full reveal of Matt Murdock's I life. don't have that in my edition. Is it in the Marvel Graphic Novels uh, edition? I'll have a look. Hold I'll on have a look second. at that. Because I yeah. was reading that and I was sitting there going, this is interesting because this is the mm. actual conversation. That but you know, on. one, one last thing I want to say about this book before we declare it 101 and move on with our, our shameless plugging is that we've seen in the last couple of years Daredevil in quite a happy place. Mm. Uh, the slowly being driven mad throughout Mark Wade's run. This is kind of similar like parallel here. This is this is around the time where, and it's not in the Marvel graphic no. novel section. This is around the time when the really dark stuff for Daredevil started happening. And you yes. get into the whole Shadowland stuff, and you get into. That. At one point, he's he's running the hand and and trying to take over uh, New York's mobs and stuff like that. This is when you know how at the start of Wade's run they talk about stuff's been bad. I'm finally having a good time. Yep. This this is the, this is the start of things going really bad. Yeah. Uh, but ironically, it actually ends on a moment of hope, a brief moment of hope, where he says, "They, you know, where he's, he's in the confessional and he bursts out to, to go and stop a robbery and says, you know, what I'm doing is to do my father's work, Padre, to do my father's work. Yeah. And it's kind of like you know, there's so much so much meaning laid into that between for, for a Catholic. Correct. Uh, yeah. So it's, um, I think it's fair to say. As Dave just indicated. This is comics 101. Exactly Absolutely. right. Uh, that that this can also follow Frank Miller's run and be agreed. as amazing. Look, too. if you were read, read this as, this, a, as this, a double feature with Born Again. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's like you're holding it's like you're yeah. holding a statement saying that there's more stories for these guys. There's more yeah, stories. Doesn't it just you know, make like, you really want Kevin Smith to go back and do another one? Oh, I, w- I would love to see I want him the, do that. The winding I want to see that finish, finish though. Well, yeah. yeah, it's actually called something Be- else. Bella, so Bella Costity. The Bella Costity. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Actually, speaking of um, his latest stuff, he uses the word cacophony about three or four he times does, throughout yes. this. You can see he was obsessed with the word already yeah. by the time, and then he moved on to onomatopoeia, and then had cacophony he- Batman later on. Uh, 
next week, I don't know what we're doing yet. I don't think we've decided on that. So, uh, but we changed it last week, so we'll probably change it next week as well. <laughs> but between now and then, keep an eye on the site because we always put a, a graphic. We, we put up it, on yeah, the site. On, on the site, and I always announce it on Facebook. Mm. Uh, so go to behindthepanels.net. You can also leave us feedback there at feedback at behindthepanels.net. You can go to our Facebook page. And speaking of all that feedback, we won't go through it now because we're running out of time. But yeah. can I just say? Thank you to everybody oh, who made so comments. Many people. So much happened this week because of Dave coming back. Yeah. And there was so much goodwill of people saying, great to hear Dave back. Thank God he's back, etc. Love the chaos. Love the chaos. Which you can Thanks, see guys. it's still in the house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all of you people out there say thank you. You all know who you are. So we're not forgetting about you. Just so you've been Miss Dave and never leave us again. <laughs> I can't wait to read the fever. I was, I was hoping we'd hear it now. but no. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll I'm going to bu- read it now. Let's, we'll, let's finish. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll butter you up. Well, chicken yeah. fat, I don't know. Um, after chicken this. grease. Man. Chicken grease, man. <laughs> Just dip you and fry you. <laughs> uh, as I said, they're the places you can do it. But the thing that you, we really want you it's to do- It's very hot. We could we could get naked. We could get naked. In fact, we might for Film mm. Actually, which we should say, Film Actually is back this week. Uh, we said that last week. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, but it really is. We're going to dock into each other into some black holes, Absolutely. Right? The things that you want to do, if you only subscribe to this feed, the Behind the Panels feed, go and subscribe to the Geek Actually Super feed because you'll get this show, but you'll also get Film Actually every fortnight. You'll get Podcast Pillow Fort on the alternate fortnight nights which is our podcast about podcasts it's a brand new one that i'm doing with amy barker and it's a lot of fun um you can leave feedback for this show as i said at feedback at behind the panels.net hit us up on twitter at behind the panels um also the thing we really really want you to do is go to itunes go to the behind the panels but behind the panels behind the panels feed (laughs) and uh leave us some feedback or a star rating there that's how we get higher in the itunes ratings that's how more people know about us it's a very small amount of time for you you just have to click on the, the five stars uh, means the absolute world to us. And just us. to let you know, we are going for a nomination in the podcast awards Absolutely next year. we are. So we're starting the campaign now. So everybody get in there. We've got to get our numbers up. So we have to clean up between now and then, I guess. No, not a chance. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I dirty it up. Dirty it dirty up. Dirty it up some more. Uh, until next week, you can find me on Twitter at DVD Bits. You can find me at BehindThePanels.net. And, oh, God help me, the realbits.com's been hacked again. Oh, uh, uh, so, to security. Oh, I, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave, where can we keep... Uh, uh, you can you. find me at uh, geekactually.com or on Twitter at Dave McVan. As Richard said, film actually is back. We're about to record it in the next hour. Uh, so it will be going out on the feed uh, and it should be out every fortnight from now on. We should pin what we're, what we're reviewing. We're reviewing Interstellar. Interstellar this week. So, and yes. we're doing a, a point counterpoint. Yeah. First time tusk. ever. First time ever on Tusk. <laughs> tusk. So uh, be listening for that on the feed. Uh, you will. The film actually feed still exists, but there's also. Oh, just and there'll be a little bit of feed. Richard's adventures in time and space as well. Yeah, we'll oh, have yeah. chat about all this. So listen Exciting. to film actually. It's been a while. Dave. It's been a while. I'm Dave Longo. You can find me at Dave Longo on Twitter. That is fantastic. We can all be found on Twitter. <laughs> and we should ask, is, is man better than a walrus? You can find out next Find out episode. on Film Action. <laughs> Shameless plug. Until next week, I am still Richard Gray. And I am still David McVeigh. And I am Goo 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 <laughs> And this has probably been Behind the Panels. Behind the Panels.